you're listening to Five Value Women, brought to you by the New Feminist Magazine. We are your hosts, Ellie Matiara Fielding. Aloha, it's Adam South with you, Rawlings. Feeling very summery, kind of Hawaii vibes. So, aloha. I love it. Your nails tell that story. Yeah, y'all. So, I get my nails done every month because I'm a high maintenance girly, as I should be. <laughs> and I've got at the moment these gorgeous sunset nails, and it goes from like a like a lemon yellow into like a deep purple and it's ombre across the nails and y'all if anyone is in the greater manchester area expressions of beauty nails on get yourself there the nails are amazing oh my god not the free promo literally my nail girl rachel she's like my lord and savior like she just she does the damn thing every single time but like this set especially is just amazing so shout out to them oh i love it i love it i love it i love it okay should we should we kick it off with our funny fact? Because we forgot last episode. My yeah, bad. well, give us yours. I'm excited. Okay, am I going to go first this time? All right. This mm-hmm. one, I have now taken it upon myself to find like the most random facts possible. It's become my thing now and I'm here for it. Um, I love so it. this is my Femi fact. So beer making has historically okay. been a female thing. Like it's been the domain of women. Um, and it has a really interesting history, like way more interesting than what you might think. Do you know anything about beer making? I don't even like beer, so like I, I know fucking fuck all hate about it. beer. I actually think beer's disgusting. I don't know how anyone can drink it. anyway. I'm sorry, y'all, but it does taste like piss. Like there's just <laughs> it no ways about disgusting. it. Disgusting. <laughs> but I think I'll have a though. Because beer and like beer making is such a like boys' club now, I thought this was a really good yeah. fact. So apparently for generations. It was dominated by alewives. That's quotation marks. Like that's the terminology, uh... or female beer brewers. And the oldest known description of beer making dates all the way back to a Sumerian hymn to Ninkasi, which is the goddess of beer. Which did I didn't know there was a goddess of beer. Did you know there was a goddess of beer? I did actually, but we got to keep in mind religious studies grad. Oh, so oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> obviously um i don't know a lot about the sumerians but i did know that yeah it's mad so at the time um women brewed beer for daily food rations as well as like religious ceremonies and stuff which i'm sure you know um and it was often associated with female iconography and the ancient egyptians worship worshipped a beer goddess and other cultures like the baltic slavics and the finnish their mythologies also had beer goddesses so it was like quite a global thing to that's really cool to worship like a beer goddess and then during like most of our history um beer was actually like an alternative to water because water carried a shit ton of diseases and beer was you know it it went through like a sterilizing a fermentation fermentation process process, right so it was actually like an essential resource for like all households and that was the women's job. So um, they their position was like the ale makers. Um, and in the Middle Ages, it was it was deemed as like women's work. Like it was almost like, oh, that's that's for the wife, which is so I think that's so funny now because there's so yeah. many like it's such a it's boys like such club a boys now. club. Yeah. Yeah. So um, eventually women started sharing their like surplus beer with other households. And then that evolved into the professional work of actually selling their their beer for profit and it became like businesses and alewives were the most visible medieval female workers and um 
women maintain their roles as brewers and tavern keepers um like after that for ages throughout history and it became like a traditional role and like one of the first kind of businesses that women would run like it was like a really it's like quite a pivotal moment for women in terms of like work yeah. and profit and Female business. entrepreneurship yeah they were like micro brewing <laughs> now we like laugh about men doing it but it was actually our domain for a really long time like we we started that isn't that crazy i actually adore that yeah you know what i think is really interesting as well first of all shout out to all the medieval alewives because like go off queens like <laughs> earn that co- earn that coin earn those septums or whatever it was back then those shillings um <laughs> i yeah it's like old-fashioned money it was like septums. <laughs> um but i also think it's really interesting how beer is often associated with like a man's drink right yeah yeah. but yeah. then wine and like vodka cranberries and whatever associated with like girly drinks but they're so much more alcoholic like they get you fucked up so much more quickly what why i always think well yeah because like wine's got oh, a yeah. lot of it's like beer and average is like four percent alcohol right and wine is like i think it ranges between like 11 and like 16 percent Mm. So, you know, sometimes four times more alcoholic than, like... Well, that makes sense, because I can have, like, a glass and already feel a bit... I can physically feel a shift. I'm not drunk, but I feel it. Yeah, right? Yeah. But I think it's interesting how beer is... I mean, it's not so rigid, but beer is kind of considered, like, a bloke's drink. And wine's, like, a woman's drink. And wine is like way more potent it's like men are out here be like get me a beer it's like honey i've drank four glasses of red wine and i'm still fine you've had three pints of beer and you're acting like this you're a damn mess <laughs> like you want to talk about strength like have you seen that advert? <laughs> did you see that advert it was for like, i don't know if it was like fosters or something like that um uh where they were they the concept of it was that women can drink beers too and it was like waiters and bar staff serving the beer to the man and the cocktail or wine to the women and then it, it pans to them and they they swap like oh uh, the waiter right. got oh. it wrong and it's like several of those and it's like yeah that though that was good and funny and great um they're so missing a marketing trick here because they can literally be like women were the like og yeah beer no brewers. for real That's great marketing Actually, a really cool, like, informative advert about, like, the history of beer. Like, obviously, you know, it's an advert. You can't give, like, a full TED Talk on it. That mm. would be such a cool concept. Honestly, I know Bud Light have got to, in loads of shit recently for doing a campaign with Dylan Mulvaney. Which, which is like, ridiculous. If you're that pissed off just... over that, if you're throwing out Bud Light because there's a trans woman that's sponsored by it, like, it's fucking beer, my guy. Get over yourself. Like, what mm. is this, babe? Yeah, it's ridiculous. But a campaign like with like the history of beer would be so cool. Like I love that idea. Mm. But also, um, that would be cool. I mean, in the north at least, like everyone gets a pint. Like I'm the weirdo, like at the pub up here, where like I'm just like, can I have a cider, please? I can't can honestly. I have fruity. I'm similar because like all of my friends will will drink beer, and it almost became it actually almost became a feminist thing in in like tv culture at least where yeah when it was I the sort that. of it was i think sometimes it sort of was a bit of pick me girl culture where it'd be like oh no i'll just have yeah. a beer and she was like one of the like, boys I'll have a beer and a burger sort of thing yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and 
and I was always like nah like I can't like is I as feminist <laughs> as feminist as I am it still tastes like shit like I I it's so not like anti-feminist of me to want something a bit fruity like <laughs> yeah I'm like large glass of Merlot please thank you very much chop chop <laughs> like that's that's what I'm after right now but I'm a slut for red wine but speaking oh, really? of drinking, yeah. yes, partying, yes, yes. having yes, a good yes. time, that Tell kind of segues into my family thought, which is Eurovision is the gay Olympics. Prove me wrong. Eurovision, <laughs> for anyone that doesn't know, when this comes out, it'll have just finished on Saturday that's passed, but we're recording this on Friday, so we don't know who's won. We don't know Predictions. who's done well yet. Okay, so... I can't really give one because I don't watch the semi-finals and that sort of stuff because I don't really have the time. So I try to actively avoid anything to do with Eurovision until oh, I so actually it's like sit a complete down and watch surprise. It. Yeah. Sometimes I'm more successful than other by other times. This year I've only heard our song, which I actually quite like. I usually don't really like the UK entries because they're a bit like Last year's was good. Love Island soundtrack sound. Yeah. You'll get what I mean? But yeah. yeah, last year's was pretty good. And this one, it's, I think her name is May Miller. Yeah, May Muller. it is. May. It's May, it's um, definitely May. Yeah, it's May Miller slash Muller slash Miller Muller. Um, <laughs> but I like it. It's quite sassy. I mean, I live for a sassy, like, can I break up your tongue-in-cheek song? That's what she's mm-hmm. giving. So honestly, girl, go off. I hope that you do well in Liverpool. Um, I'm praying. But yeah. Just shout out to everyone that's there, though. I mean, Eurovision is such an important night for the queer community in Europe and sort of surrounding areas. And obviously this year it's to honour Ukraine as well because they won last year. Um, I don't know what the intention is with, like, the show itself and sort of the in-between bits of the performances, but usually the host country highlights, you know, the culture and the you know, what's popular in that country and... I have I suspect that it'll be the same this time, but instead of obviously it's being hosted in the UK, but it's still a Ukrainian celebration. Um so I just really hope that there's a lot of love given to Ukraine and all the people competing, but it's just such an important night for the queer community. It's got such a big gay following. And actually, fun fact, the year that I was born, um, the winner of Eurovision was the first openly transgender contestant, Diva <gasps> International from Israel. Oh my god, that is a fun fact. <laughs> she won in Birmingham, of all places. Um, sorry, you had to go there, sweetie. No offense to me from Birmingham, but <laughs> if you know, you know. Um, Savage. I mean, honest. <laughs> there's, yeah. I mean, like, I have to say this: there's like this whole like north-south rivalry. Ellie is from the south. I'm from the north. One thing that the northerners and southerners can agree on is what the hell is the Midlands? Like, yeah, what, and what like, actually what... is it? Anyone from the Midlands, just like, what is the cultural identity of the Midlands? That's what I want to know. Because, like, you know what a Northerner is like, and you know what a Southerner is like, but what the hell is someone from the Midlands like? I also don't really know anybody from the Midlands. Like, I'm just not familiar. Um... Yeah, me neither, actually. I've <laughs> I've been to Birmingham before, very briefly. Um, but I've not really... I've not really frequented much of the Midlands, so maybe I'm just being like overly ignorant right now. But you know, anyone from the Midlands, reach out, tell us what y'all are about. I want to know. I'm intrigued. Um, 
this is your time to like plead your case for why the Midlands should remain a thing. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to petition to abolish it, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to get, um, we're just going to dig two very long channels that cut across the country and just separate the Midlands from the rest of the UK. <laughs> Honestly, come for me. I am so ready. I'll be so fired <laughs> up from Eurovision at this point. I'll be on like a big gay hive energy. So I'm ready. Come for me. Oh my god. I am so excited. Catch me outside. I'm ready. So your Femi thought was basically let's go Eurovision. Middle, Eurovision. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll take it. It was really I... just just me chatting shit about pop culture, but what else is new? <laughs> no, we love you for that though. That's that's I wouldn't I wouldn't have it any other way, honestly. I have three personality traits. One is Shakira, one is pop culture, and one is northern. <laughs> I mean identity, that's what makes you you. Yeah. Okay. This week is mental health awareness week, and I think we just wanted to basically use this episode to talk through mental looking after your mental health and just you know the mental duress um of being an activist or being a feminist and like everything that comes with that um I struggle like I I think I go through like waves of like inspiration and like euphoria and like feel it seeing something and thinking either anger and I'm like I have to do something about this and and you know burnout isn't even a thought in my brain because I'm so like motivated um to like the dips where I'm like why did I even sign up to do any of this like I I hate it I wish I I wish I wasn't so opinionated I wish that I just didn't care and I just like you know went about my day I sometimes I'm like fuck this I just want to be like a housewife not to like degrade housewives, but like I don't want any responsibility other than cleaning. Like that's all I want. <laughs> like sometimes that's where my brain goes. And I think it's only goes there from like exhaustion. Yeah, you're so real for that. It kind of reminds me, we've talked about this before, but that clip in Fleabag, it was actually our first episode we talked about this. Where, oh, I love know, it. She's like, Back to the first episode. you know, she's in the confession cubicle in the second yeah. season. And she's like, I want someone to tell me what to think, what to care about, what to wear, what to eat. Yes, yes, Sometimes I feel the same way. And sometimes coming from sort of a, I'm not always the nicest to myself. I think people don't always assume that I kind of go through mental health stuff because outwardly I'm very like energetic and quite extroverted. And Mm -hmm. I like to think that I project quite a positive image into the world a lot of the time. And even if it's not positive, it's very active and you know a bit peppy but the reality Mm. is I can be very nasty to myself and I think for me when I am in my worst place I always think I'm too loud I speak too much I have too many opinions I'm too argumentative and I really beat myself up for those qualities that when I'm in a good place I love about myself I love that I care about things Mm. and I love that I have opinions and I want to use my voice but mental health and sort of seeing just how consistently awful the world can be it can really Mm. compound feelings of just like oh god this is just like there just doesn't seem to be a light at the end of the tunnel here yeah and by the way those all of those personality traits are like your best traits by the way so thank you so much (laughs) like don't let your brain do that because I do it all the time as well but 
almost like uh, it's weird because I'm definitely an introvert like I the more I socialize I love socializing but the more I do mm. the, tired, the more tired I get like my social battery dies but I still have moments I think because I can be quite quiet sometimes I'm like oh my god I was too loud I spoke too much I I always because of yeah that like ADHD part of me I always think I um like babble and ramble and like say unnecessary details you do that that a lot (laughs) (laughs) no I mean like you you do say oh I'm rambling and babbling a lot (laughs) like I was like (laughs) nasty that sounded no I promise when Ellie speaks to me and says me voice notes, she often says, like, oh, God, I'm just <laughs> rambling now. I'm like, sorry for rambling. But I want to tell you now, like, I love it. I love that oh, you give me a lot of detail you. and that you take a lot of time to... Because I like, I just like it when people talk to me. So, like, oh. you're, like, the perfect person. You can just, you can just ramble on to, like, your heart's content. I'll sit there happy <laughs> listening, like, oh, I love this. I'm still obsessed with how that sounded. I'm like, I ramble and you're like, yeah, you do. You do that a lot. <laughs> no, but it is a fact. I know that's not what you meant, but it is a fact. It is true. And thank you. I appreciate you for uh, validating my my rambles. Um, but yeah, no, I can, I can get very in my head with, I think my problem, my biggest weakness is definitely being mean to myself and being like self-conscious, not just yeah. appearance wise, but like personality wise intelligence wise intelligence massively because um me too actually it's it's difficult isn't it i think because we live in an age where we're consuming so much information all the time every day i think we feel like we should know everything about anything and and when you know we engage in conversation with people who know something that we don't i think I, i don't know about you know you guys or everybody else but I immediately feel inadequate <laughs> like oh my god I don't know anything about that I don't never imposter heard of it. syndrome is very real yeah yeah definitely you know what it was for me actually so the moment that really sticks out for me is when I was in my first year of university and this is more just this is not me this is all the people that made me feel this way mm-hmm. um so I did in Lancaster you do three subjects in your first year like mm-hmm. you do a, your actual degree and you do like two minors so I picked politics originally as a minor, then I like, changed it to like a joint honors degree. Unnecessary mm-hmm. details, I wouldn't get to the point. Um, in my first politics seminar, I went in there and there was these bunch of like s- straight guys. Like, you know, you could just tell they were there. And we were fucking 18 year old first year politics students. We literally just learned like how to spell the word politics, basically, like calm down. Mm. But they kind of went in there and you could tell they thought they were really like, switched on and engaged and that they were on a fast track to like the UN or like being a politician or you know really sort of highbrow quite conservative sort of political careers they I just knew that they that's where they saw themselves going and then they saw me I walked in um I was just you know dressed like I used to full face makeup on the look was correct (laughs) and they spoke down to me so much and one of them literally I remember this guy that came to me up to me after and was like why are you like doing politics and I was just like I thought he was just having a conversation like no to make conversation so it's like oh I'm just really interested and you know obviously the world's a very political place and just gave him like a really sort of honest answer mm-hmm. and he was like do you not think you're not serious enough for this <gasps> fuck that guy nah it was very like 
Warner in Legally Blonde being like, I need to be with someone more serious, Elle. Oh my god. And you know what I did in what? retaliation? I was actually very Legally Blonde for this. Oh I god. was just like, I looked in the eyes and was like, I think that I'm like, you know, I'm in the right place, you know, fuck mm-hmm. off. But then every single seminar after that, I made it a point that I think that he said, I argued against, but better. Yes! Oh my god, vindication. I was like... I love you for that. I I love you for that. I was like... I, he had this, like, merry band of fuckwits that he was, like, was with in this seminar. And oh I was gosh. like, all of y'all are laughing at me. And, like, it was literally... There was me and my friend Juliet. Shout out to her. Love her. She has a podcast called Side Note Stories. Check it out. It's great. It's all about, like, self-care and that sort of stuff. So very oh, okay, relevant to cool. this episode, actually. Yeah. Um love her um me and her sat next to each other and there's this bunch of like guys they're like oh look at the girls and the gays over there it's so cute they think they can be political it's like hmm, hmm, hmm. funny we're gonna talk circles around all of you <laughs> i love that i uh, what a but, wonderful story honestly i admire made me feel like shit though yeah like, i mean i think that's one of the things that sometimes the movies don't tell you is that even though like Elle was motivated to like suddenly learn everything there is to know about law <laughs> you know yeah it it sort of like glossed over the the yeah the really they highlight parts. you picking yourself up but they don't we... realize that to pick yourself up you have to be kicked down to the floor first yeah well nobody wants to watch a movie about that really I think that's why which is no, I guess fair, fair enough but you know I have to say I admire your strength so much and how like like you don't let things Be get petty to, to the you. Other degree. you. Yeah, you're just you're good at like, just from what I've seen in the time I've known you, you can sort of like bounce back. Like your claws can come out in t- and you can retaliate. Whereas when I when I, do you know what? The other day I was walking my dog, and it was he had a sorry, this is like why am I talking about my dog's shit on this podcast nah I live <laughs> no, oh my god no, I live for no, this no, but he, he had a bad like he had a bit of a bad tummy <laughs> and so he pooed and I I couldn't pick it up because it was it was liquid it was literally liquid and this lady bearing in mind I do live in the country so there's a bunch of like middle class like sorry mums who by the way I'm terrified yeah. I am terrified of that they're like the scariest people in the world for me another story for another day but um <clears throat> she chased me like all the way up the road and was like you you need to pick up after your dog and I was like frozen like I was like um I I couldn't like it was he has that and I was like explaining it and she like wasn't taking it and she was saying children like play there da, 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 da. and I like oh my god I was I wanted to be able to be like well, you do you want to try fucking picking it up? Like, I wanted to retaliate and like stand my ground, mm. but instead, I just like shrunk inside myself and like scurried away and then like cried when I got home <laughs> because oh, I'm honestly so I was so weak when it comes to like confrontation and like when you know being confronted by something or someone. I'm really bad at like remaining strong in that moment and then being able to bounce back. Yeah, but I admire but that's you for so that. normal thing is though I'm definitely like the exception not the rule when it comes to that and the only reason that I am the way that I am and the thing that I can like snap back so quickly and like Mm. I don't shy away from conflict is because 
I mean, I came out when I was 12 years old in a Catholic school in the northwest of England in a mine, former mining town. If I didn't, like, pick, yeah. if I didn't pick it up quickly, I would have been destroyed, right? Yeah. And it sounds awful, but I'm kind of grateful for the fact that aspects of the environment I grew up in, and this is not to do with, like, my home life, my family are great, most loving, accepting, amazing people ever. Mm-hmm. So, like, lucky to have them. We love but, like, that. at school and just growing up where I grew up, if I didn't just say, fuck it, I'm going to be who I am anyway, and just, like, not take this line down, I would have been destroyed so quickly. Because the reality is, I went to school and got called the F-slur every single day. Like, that was just a guarantee. And every every related, like, insulting thing you can say about gay people, bum boy, puffed fruit, Mm. all that sort of shit every day to the point that actually people be like hey fag and i would answer to it because it was just like so so ingrained in the culture there and i don't want to paint a bad picture of the north obviously you're like manchester's the gay capital of the north at least if not the uk sorry brighton and we um you know i think a lot of gay people come out young have the same experience like you just get all this shit thrown at you very young Mm. and it's just something that you can't help and you can't change so you just develop a strategy really quickly because it's you kind of just the you know your parents aren't gay most of the time mine definitely aren't you don't have any gay friends at that time there was no real gay people on tv that i knew of other than like kurt from glee which didn't watch glee so sorry to the (laughs) gleeks um you know so it's like I didn't really have a role model so I had to figure the shit out for myself Mm. and then when it came to um no later in life and as I sort of expressed my gender and understood what that really meant and essentially lost male privilege um I mean I still have certain privileges by the fact that I'm biologically male I understand that but losing basically male privilege um I when it came to experiencing misogyny for the first time as a first-hand participant or recipient even I was already in that place where I was like I'm on demon mode like bring it at me like giraffe wallow mode right now like come at me Mm. but that's because from 12 to now so that's 13 years I've been seasoned by homophobia to be that way which is awful but I'm also grateful that I got such a quick reaction speed it's so sad though that it has to like come from that it's like your your confidence and your strengths like came at a price like and a really big price in fact price coming up price coming up and not I I don't feel like as a planet (laughs) like as a as humans we celebrate enough like just how much you sacrifice as a like queer individual whether you're like trans or non-binary or or actually like whatever sort of part of the rainbow you're in how much you have to sacrifice like you have to sacrifice even if you're you know a minority you're by by you know coming out you're still sacrificing the like a grain of any kind of privilege you might have had at all just so that you can be yourself and that's the strongest most confident thing that you can ever do yeah anyway back to the old mental health um in fact, yeah. ironically, um, or is it ironic? <laughs> um, 
maybe more foreshadowing I have a severe problem of avoidance <laughs> like I if I think something's too deep or like too important I will do anything I possibly can to avoid oh, it I'm or not talk about it it's so funny that 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 is how we are though because I maybe mm. maybe you can encourage me to like talk about things more because maybe will you can encourage avoid. me to stop talking so much <laughs> yeah that's so funny but yeah I, but I do feel like as a whole though it's quite common for people to when something gets too much for people to just avoid 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 and just like not like, talk about it not, yeah. yeah like I I I think because I grew up with as do most people, you know, the odd bit of childhood trauma. <laughs> um, I think... We love. We don't love. <laughs> <laughs> we, we... <laughs> don't worry. I think, I think the pop culture comment, um, it was... Uh, I need to be put down. <laughs> I need to be put out of everyone's misery at this point. Oh, stop. No, stop. Um... I'm just being a menace today. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Friday. We're all tired. Um, yeah, I, I, I grew up with a little bit of a difficult like household situation in the fact that I, my my mom is my best friend, and you know she did everything she possibly could to give me an amazing childhood. And I grew up in Spain, and that was great. But um, my dad is a massive knob, <laughs> and made everything really super difficult and there was so much arguing in the house when I was little and what I would do is I'd usually like hear the shouting sit on the steps and like watch it and then run away into my brother's room and my brother would comfort me and then it'd be like all gone sort of thing but that happened like a lot a lot so I think growing up that sort of developed into a bit of an avoidance thing like if I just remove myself from the arguing from the noise from the you know problem then I'll be fine and that's pretty to be honest that's worked except that in a lot of in a lot of scenarios it means that you know I have something that I have to face eventually that I've just been putting Mm. off there is a time for that though like it's okay to retreat sometimes yeah no that's so true um but it is funny how you know like our both of our sort of backstories have really like shaped we oh, actually man. have similar childhood experiences as well because my bio dad is a deadbeat. Yeah. Like when I talk about my dad, I'm talking Men. about my stepdad. But he... <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> but I have a question for you, right? Go so, on. um, you talked about being a bit of an having a bit of an avoidance issue, which mm. completely get that, understand it. Um, as an activist, obviously, you know made a feminist magazine i think the activist ship sailed well and truly a while ago with you as the captain um (laughs) watching the news and sort of consuming all the stuff that we talk about so often on the pod and the magazine just between us as friends just you know Mm. just as people who are interested in the world and wanting to make it a bit of a better place if we can Mm. how does that impact your mental health and what do you do when you feel like it's degrading your mental health it affects me like loads news specific I'm quite I'm very emotional (laughs) even though I avoid emotion inside I I, I'm very I'm very emotional so just like one person dying on the news will make me can put me in a bad mood and again often you can't see it from the outside but on the inside 
I'm really struggling. That's one thing with me. I, I, I never, I barely ever show it on the outside. From the outside, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm you smiling. do suffer in silence. I'm, I suffer. I massively suffer in silence. And it really takes its toll. I think news specifically, last year was a really bad year for news. We, everything was yeah. going on. Um, I think the when was Sarah Everard's death? Um, was that 2021? 2020 or 2021. It was, yeah. yeah, it's been a while now. But... That year was really bad for, for women yeah. as well. And I think that the more the more access we have to all of it as well. And then the opinions of people debate. I think sometimes the news itself isn't bad. It's when you scroll on TikTok and people are arguing like, about it. around it. it. Yeah. And, and like somebody has a really awful view on something and it'll just like make me so upset. And I think you can just, I can just burn out just from listening. Just from listening, I can feel yeah. tired and like want to just check out. What about you? What about it's, you? Oh. It's so true. Oh, go ahead. What are you going to ask? I forgot about the second part of your question about what I do, but we'll, we'll, I think we'll, I want to yeah, hear about yeah. what, how you feel about it and then we'll get to like what we do to make ourselves feel better. <laughs> I need to come up with an answer. Mm. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's hard. Um, <laughs> so I feel the same way. I, I always tell myself I'm quite desensitized to bad news because again, sort of when I did my degree, I did a lot of like peace studies, Middle Eastern politics, um, mm. a lot of colonialist stuff. Well, colonialism stuff, not colonialist. Um, and just learned about some of the most awful things that people do to each other. It and having to like then write about it and critique people's views and, and you know, just the sort of the university system. It's kind of like how when people study English, it can kill reading for them. It oh, that kind happened of, um, to me. Yeah. Yeah. It mm. didn't like I don't say I've got stilted empathy at all and anything like that, but for a while there, it was easier for me to shut off because I had to. But as yeah. I've sort of, you know, moved away from that more after graduation, you know, it's like, what, four years since we graduated now? Um, oh, my God. I feel more and more like that has just worn down to nothing. And I, again, like, you know, I can look at awful things in the news and get upset and angry but like you said towards the beginning of the pod like I get like you know a beam of on it I'm like oh I can write this or I can do this and we can like you know feel like I'm trying to contribute in some kind of way but mm. I think sometimes there's just such a barrage of bad news and it feels like everything sort of falls to shit at once it's like a while I mean it's still going on now obviously but all the drag and drag laws trans laws that are going across the states Having people that live there especially made this even harder. Um, but just seeing all of that and just seeing it constant on my like, for you page and Twitter and just not being able to escape it. Yeah, that's it. Like, it's like inescapable. It's it's even when you're just trying to chill and scroll through TikTok, it's there and and then oh yeah, yeah. it's in it's, it's and, claustrophobic. And then you feel almost bad as well for like wanting to check out from it for a day or two because it's like mm. I sort of think, oh, well, I've got the privilege that I don't have to worry about this because of where I live and, you know, I can check out for a day. And, you know, no hate to people on TikTok as well that are making content about this and spreading the word and getting it out there because I get it, we do it too. Um, But I've really had to tell myself, like, it's okay to take a day or two to just breathe and focus on yourself because it doesn't mean you don't curve and it just shows how much you curve that it gets to you and it chips away because you know yeah do you ever feel guilty though because like 
I all the time I'll have that thought and then I'll be like come on like be nice yourself take a break take a moment and then I'm like oh well it's good for me because I can take a break but the people who I'm sad about can't so like you know like like and then it makes me feel worse and then I sit there trying to chill just thinking about it and like making myself feel worse but I do think sometimes I feel like you just have to acknowledge that you have privilege you know yeah what you it's, it's like those people who what what more can you do what yeah what Sometimes. more can you do if you're in a position to care for yourself then you should because that's what you wish for for everybody you know so it's it kind of reminds me of that you know um have you heard of that there's like a place in the u.s where like white people get to experience slavery <laughs> have you no but that sounds interesting yeah I don't know much about it I just remember seeing it on TikTok like after the whole um after the huge like BLM sort of conversation after George Floyd and everything and I remember seeing all of this stuff coming out and like um yeah there's like an experience where white people can go and like experience a day as a slave with like and like black people run it I think and other slave owners and like white people will like willingly go and like like they want to feel it to to relate or I think maybe they're so overwhelmed with the guilt that they like want to put themselves in that situation I don't know how I feel about that I don't know because I I think it's okay I have a lot of opinions on it you get to go home at the end of the day so it's never gonna be the same exactly exactly but there are i think there's like a couple famous pictures of like these white men like on their like knees like sort of cuffed i think i actually think i've seen that before yeah that's what that is i think but it sort of it reminded me of that because it's like if you let yourself if you let your head go there go to that like guilty place Mm. you may as well do that you know (laughs) do something like that because i think at some point you just have to admit look i've got privilege and you know, I I will use my platform and my privilege to help as many people as possible. But you can only do that when you yourself are in a place you're okay and you're you're, a, okay. you're prepared to do that emotionally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that whole but... thing about being a slave for the day, mm. like I mean, this might be ignorant of me coming from like you know a European context. Obviously, Europe perpetuates the slave trade. Mm. But um, I feel like our relationship to slavery in the UK is a little bit different to America because obviously slavery didn't en masse take place in Britain itself. It was just perpetuated by Britain in the States and Caribbean and whatever. Mm. Um, I feel like doing that is just performative. I think that... that... I agree. That's what I was going to say. It feels like your painter almost have your sins absolved. Instead mm. of actually working on dealing with your own unconscious biases, I think it's just the wrong way. You know what like, I mean? It's, yeah, I think it... people do have good intentions, but it's just people just do it all. Oh, long. yeah, I believe it. But it's like there's a, sa- a similar thing as well where people pay to try and like have the same experience of people crossing the border from like Central America into the <gasps> US. Oh, and yeah, no, I don't know how I, I think, feel about no, people, yeah, it. 
actually on Dark Taurus, like the show on Netflix. Like they, oh yeah, I've in... seen a couple episodes of that. Yeah, so that guy did like this, like trip, and I, 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 you know, they imitated like a cartel raid or something at one point in there, like a smuggler raid or something, <gasps> and you know, people were there being like, I'm here because I want to understand more. And I just kind of think, instead of basically using your privilege of having the money to pay to do this, you know, mm. you get to choose to go through this experience. At the end of the day, you get to choose to be a slave for the day and have your photos taken and show how woke you are and how, like, you know, enlightened you are. Or, you know, you can pretend that you cross the border and understand what the people have gone through on a physical level, but on an emotional and historical level. And from a basis of these things are not just, you don't get to just experience it for a day and then that's that, you know. It's exactly actually quite it insulting because that you're, that you're that's spending what I money get from it. On, on it. Like, uh, uh, that makes me feel That's like, like what it itchy. feels like to me. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just feel like, like for that. something like that, if you really want to understand what that is, what it's like, don't pay to have an organization simulate it for you. Speak to the people that have lived it. Read articles. Educate yourself in a different kind of way. Mm. You know, Google is free. There are so many resources out there of people who are doing good work to try and educate the mm. more unenlightened masses. But at the same time, speaking, sort of going back to activism, I'm never going to berate the people that are trying to create forms of activism that can reach essentially very wealthy white people which is what that is mm. yeah I, mean, I agree I wonder I... I'm sorry, I wonder how people who've experienced those things how they then behave once they've come home you know yeah, does it actually a, change the behavior really... or does I want to it... speak to them or does mm. it give them this sort of feeling of I've done this now, so that's me checked off. I'm an activist now, and I know exactly all about this. Mm. And they kind of feel like they've done the work. If that makes sense, you know, it's like a uh, a shortcut, a, a cheat sheet, sort of exactly that. Yeah, yeah, which is that is like not real. That's not a real thing. Yeah, I don't know. It would be really interesting to talk to them actually, and just see like talk like talk through their logic behind it yeah. and. Maybe if anyone if... knows more about this or knows more, yeah, about this, please, please let us. us know. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, actually, during that, something reminded me then of just like, I think it's one thing being an activist and it's one thing being a feminist. And I don't think the two are like necessarily interlinked because you can. I believe, agree completely. Yeah, you can believe in equality um, and everyone should really. <laughs> um, but actually being an activist taking action um you know actively being anti uh whatever like you choose your word there like for whatever you're being an activist yeah. for whether it's environment or race or you know whatever it is um i think that's a whole other ball game and i feel like assume, i think sometimes people are scared of the word feminist because they feel like they then have to do a bunch of work and it's i really want to tell like women like if you're a woman identifying person listening to this like you don't have to it's hard enough being being a woman anyway like it's that we we already suffer Preach. so much in so many different areas of life and we're all, we're all we all I think just overcoming your personal struggles is already you're already fighting the patriarchy just deciding to wear 
you know a certain outfit you're already you're already doing it you're already just you taking know, up space just taking up space like asking something you were too scared to ask like do you know all of these things you know working on yourself becoming braver becoming all of those things are that that to me is kind of being an activist in your own way I don't think you have to do these like you don't have to attend protests and like you know yeah. for me for me protests are really like frightening for me as an introvert like obviously it's quite a yeah. scary environment and I've I always feel, feel really guilty because I feel like I should be like attending every single one of them but I think you have to just sort of do what's best for you in the end and I think as long as you're as long as you've got that like positive outlook on things and you're trying your best to be better and you know help the people around you just on a personal level I think that that is enough no, I, I love that, actually. And I think that sometimes it's just enough to show up for yourself. Yeah. And some days, some days that's all that I can muster is just being an activist for myself. And that means getting out of bed and... Brushing my teeth, making getting in the shower. Yeah. Because mental health, I think that people don't appreciate all the time just how debilitating it can be mm. when you feel like really acute anxiety or depression or you know any sort of because there's other mental health conditions as well but just the impacts of mental health can be so debilitating Mm -hmm. and sometimes sometimes you just have to be your own advocate and your own activist and also I want to take the time now to say if getting up that day is the only thing you do and that's all you can do you've still done something you've done something you've done something that you probably didn't think that you were going to be able to do that day so exactly I think on that note I I have found this dazed article and um it was published in I'm I'm looking forward to this yeah it was published in 2019 so it is sort of like I imagine when the activist community the activist community was quite vibrant at this time um so yeah there was, there was a need for this but actually when you google like self-care as an activist da, 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 it it only comes up with things like self-care activists mental health activists but nothing to look after right. the actual activists so yeah. this was like the only article i found really on days and it's basically how to look after yourself while saving the world um first of all can i talk about how frightening that title is like for an activist like it's it's already like triggering enough to you know ask me whether I'm helping women like because I sometimes yeah don't even know I actually have a question and I think oh go on before we dive into this Mm-mm. what is an activist to you what does it actually mean to be an activist oh Christ um I know that's a really big question but no. I'm just curious <laughs> to know how you feel about it I think being an activist I think it's I actually think that it's kind of a subjective word because I think you can you said that you just said I agree showing up for yourself you can be seen as an activist just you can be an activist for yourself I think it depends on the context really but I think to be a professional activist I would say you know you you dedicate your life to fighting for a cause whether that's online or offline whether that's through charity work through you know organizing things like protests through um creating content online to raise awareness I think it's like really being active in helping a community I I, I would say like to define it I, I like that I think for me 
being an activist is more about the effort that it takes because mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people who say they're an activist and they'll just post a black square on their Instagram for Black Lives Matter and that's all it is. And you know, did you do that? No, I didn't. I didn't because it was just it just felt like slacktivism to me. Like me posting a black square is not going to change anything. It's not going to shift any conversation. It's not going to impact anything. So mm. I would rather have, and what I did is I just highlighted a bunch of black people that I think we should be listening to more on my like social media. Oh, I love that. Which at that time was all I could really do because it was a mm. pandemic and I was not in a great place mentally. But no, me, me I just neither. thought I've never wanted to see myself as a slacktivist. I don't want to just pay lip service to what I'm doing, even if on that day, like I said, I'm just being an activist for myself. And I'm just trying to practice kindness to myself. It's about the effort and the intention that goes into it. I think though, I so I did because you know I'm. I don't judge people who did, by the way. No, I didn't think you would. That's why. Otherwise, I wouldn't say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did, and I think I was scrolling through TikTok, and this um like incredible black creator said like encouraged you know their followers to to do it because it they thought it would be impactful if everybody did it like a, a total blackout on social media and I thought god that is one way to get people's attention and then I mm. did it and literally the next day people were talking about how it's performative and I was like oh my god like now I'm in a and do you know what it's moments like that as an activist as well that I think really make my mental health plummet because I I think people don't talk about Everybody, everybody thinks activists are, you know, the wokest people in society. They're they're um, so you know, trash, amazing, right? doing like the doing the most, being the best they can do, helping everybody. But nobody ever talks about like the fuck ups you make as an activist and how fucking that's awful so true, and how awful they make you feel. We because, all like, make mistakes, and we're not perfect. And I think, <laughs> I think just by sort of labeling yourself as an activist, or just trying, I think. You can't really ask for more as long as you keep trying. If you make a mistake, even if it's as as um you know, even if it's like misgendering somebody, you just have to try again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's it's really scary for activists to be trying and then Absolutely. get cancelled. I think as long as you're just trying, but then it's but it's like all the good things that you did before that one mistake are like discounted as well and then you mm. just define by that one mistake that and it lives on you know, the internet forever like, exactly see i actually it's really don't think i've ever called myself an activist and really I've but you are that one. that's the thing i've acknowledged that i've done a lot of things that are acts of activism i've led like reclaim the night marches i've obviously wrote a lot of articles i led mm. like a well i managed a sexual assault campaign at university well even you know, your job i've done well yeah i mean like i'm an equality diversity inclusion educator as well <laughs> you literally couldn't job. do more <laughs> but i also i don't think i i don't think i've ever actually called myself an activist not for any sort of i guess the reason why i've never called myself an activist openly is because I've always rather been the person that just says what I think is important and then I don't think too much more about it. And I'd rather about focus what you're doing on why. I'd rather focus on the impact of my words for other people than my words impacting myself, I mm. guess. Mm. Um and I again I don't 
discourage people from identifying as activists. I know that I'm an activist. I do act humble queen. All the time. <laughs> but I guess um I guess this is me coming out as an activist. Oh my god. It's it's the moment. <laughs> it is. But um I'm now very that disappointed I've come out in as an you. <laughs> I don't support oh you. Go back in the closet, boo. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, damn it. I got out of that bitch 13 years ago. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I but... didn't cause any trauma. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, it's all good. I, I knew I was I knew I was a bit tooty fruity when I was like three or four. But <laughs> if you want to tell me now, I've come out as an activist from this day's article, how am I going to look after my mental health? You know, I need to know as a new activist. The new activist. <laughs> Will I make a rival <laughs> magazine called The New Activist? Oh my god, could you imagine? Oh, I'd never forgive you. <laughs> to be honest, I'd like to say I'd support you, but I wouldn't. <laughs> I, I, I totally understand. When I get a cease and desist <laughs> from Ellie in this podcast, it's just also very awkwardly talking to each other with passive-aggressive, like, yeah. <laughs> undertones. We're, we're still committed to making the episode, but we hate each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we love each other, just by the bye. <laughs> Um, okay, I actually haven't read through this list, so this will be new to me as well. Okay, so the first thing okay. it says is make a list. So when you feel like you're the only one um, who is doing anything and it's overwhelming you, make a list of at least three people you know who are working to make changes. If you have organized with them before, reflect on how that made an impact. Reflect on how there are others around the world and even in your in your hood organizing too. I love a list, but I don't feel like making activists... a list when I'm yeah, like <laughs> struggling though. That... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And also making a list of other people who are doing great things is gonna make me feel like not great. More actually. imposter syndrome. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna be like, great. Well, what the yeah. fuck am I doing? So I don't know about that, that one. Is... I have to be honest, straight like, off the bat. Alice started a whole ass magazine and I'm sat here in bed eating like Oreos. Like, what the fuck am I doing? Oh, stop. I think that I think comparing yourself to other if you write down other people's names you're immediately going to start comparing yourself to other people and don't That's even so true, like you, anybody who says otherwise you're lying like <laughs> we all compare ourselves all to everybody ourselves. all the time yeah so I have to say straight off that I don't like that one no I, I don't think that would help yeah. me at all okay right the next one is take time for yourself one. okay take time for yourself this yeah. is what I can get on board with okay at least once a week set out 30 minutes I'm Ellie's not convinced anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry, 30 minutes once a week. Fuck off. Dance, cry, take a nap, need... eat some food, take a shower, go for a walk, talk to plant, talk to plants, draw, play with a dog. 30 minutes. I need like at least like 48 hours a week. <laughs> like a whole I don't no, do anything on the weekend. Like I I will I will just forget that I about what all work hobbies and and all like i don't i just don't do anything i'm sorry i i need 30 minutes like every two hours actually (laughs) this is a thing though i always tell people to do this is what i did when i was like revising for exams and stuff um every 45 minutes i take a 15 minute break oh like the pomodoro method i don't know if it's got a name but sure pomodoro method let's go with that yeah but knowing what my brain is like I need to give myself a breather Mm. very often because I mean sometimes it goes out the window and I'm like I just want to get this finished but 
Mm-mm. 30 minutes a week be for fucking real no that's actually real. Fact, like, i'm sorry that's bad advice because we definitely need a lot longer to take care of ourselves yeah now they may and they you're may gonna be... feel so guilty for needing more of that so you like your metric now this article is making my making me feel what am i trying to say it's the end of the week this article is now making me feel shit though because i'm like oh my god am i supposed to be so busy as an activist that i can only i can only designate designate squeeze in half an hour to have a shower yeah no i'm sorry but that's that's i can't i'm not on board okay the next one is remember to eat and drink that's good advice i think when we're anxious we can we can forget it says to set an alarm i i think that could probably Mm -hmm. help if you if you know you're gonna forget but the one yeah the only reason why that's not going to work for me, the drinking is fine. Drinking water is fine. I drink loads of water anyway. But mm. if I'm anxious, I get really bad physical symptoms of anxiety, as in I feel sick. I yeah. feel, I blow, I feel like, and so I, I literally cannot eat because I feel ill. So I can't. So that's the yeah. only reason why personally it might not work. But I would tweak that to say as well, <laughs> because some people like when I'm depressed, I overeat um yes you know that's yeah. like one of my responses same and I don't that are not eating healthily I would say instead of remi- remind yourself to eat just remind yourself to eat in a balanced way and eat things that you know let's face it if you've got you walk in a black dog as we say in my family um I think it's not just my family but it's how we discuss depression sometimes it's just like it's just like you're depressed. You just walk in the black right. bag. It's oh, just like you've got this little you've got this little thing that's with you. I sometimes say that I've got a little pet cloud that sits over my head, and that's Aww. how it feels when I'm depressed. Oh. Um, which is actually kind of cute in a way. Yeah, it is quite cute. Of like... sad, sad, cute, but cute. <laughs> yeah. Um. But when you're going through that, it is important to you know. Let's face it. You're not going to want to eat like a health girl food salad like rainbow salad all the time maybe you do if that's you not not when i'm feeling sorry for myself (laughs) but i would say take time in your day to eat as an activity to Mm. eat something that's healthy or balanced or is just gonna make you feel better Mm. and take time to actually eat it sit down um maybe put on some music while you eat instead of watching the tv and just actively enjoy the act of eating as yes, be a mindful. way of taking time out. Yeah, exactly. rather than just eating like, mindfully, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Rather than just eating and not thinking about and like thinking about the things that are stressing you, th- like think about how it tastes and feels. Not to be not in a creepy way, but like in a in yeah. a way where it's like I'm actually really enjoying this food. I think that's really important. Yeah, exactly. To be mindful because. Hmm. When they say set yourself an alarm, that to me just makes me feel like someone's so in the flux of like being on overdrive and like white knuckling the way through whatever they're doing that they get an alarm. It's like, oh, time to eat. And they wolf down like, I don't know, some instant noodles. They don't even taste them. They just go down really quickly. They don't even think about it. And then food becomes fuel at that point. And it is fuel. It's what we used to fuel fuel our bodies. But as Mm -hmm. someone who lives to eat, I don't eat to live. I love food. Food is a very big part of my life. Mm. I never want to just see food as just something that fuels my body. I want to see it as something that fuels my soul and is an act that I yeah. enjoy. Yeah, 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 100%. And I um, yeah, I used to roll my eyes at my, like the word mindful when they brought it up in school. But it's become such a big part of um, 
life now just yeah. generally life like everybody's life and I, I realized how important it is to like stop your brain thinking about other things and just to like be present and just enjoy what you're currently doing or focus on what you're currently doing or seeing or tasting or whatever it is and when you do that it actually makes a massive difference like I thought it was bullshit but it's it's tried and tested it's just hard to bring yourself out of your brain sometimes yeah anyway the next one is wait hang on what oh that was the end of the list (laughs) and then it just says oh ways the community can help activists and then the list continues with that. So it's like check in with them, be forgiving, financial support. I can agree with all of those. Ch- definitely yeah. check in with me because I will not, as we, as previously discussed, I will not ask for help and I will not show that I'm suffering. So I do yeah. appreciate it when people check in. Forgiving, 100%. We were talking about how, you know, we make mistakes. I think it's really important that people are forgiving. And obviously, if I'm not going to turn away financial support, <laughs> if you, by the way, if you want to donate to the magazine, just give me a shout like <laughs> I will definitely take the donation <laughs> um that's it that is the end of the list I would say that oh. it, to be honest yeah I would agree um mm. okay so what would you have on your list then I mean um, obviously we are we're happy-go-lucky journalists we are not mental health experts by any means but Absolutely you know we have not. it we deal with this so how would okay. you what would you have on that list instead I think definitely take time for yourself, but take real time for yourself. Like a weekend, Absolutely. a whole holiday. Like, and when I say holiday, I don't yeah. even mean like going somewhere. Even if you just take a week off work just to be in your house and like go for walks and stuff for a week. Like, yeah. take real, real time for yourself. It took me almost six months to recover from burnout. It, it takes a really, yeah. really, really long time and actually burnout can affect you for years and years like you have to really dedicate time to yourself to recover um I think the other thing for me is is definitely mindfulness I think it's being kind to yourself and like noticing the moments when you need help and doing something about it even if it's a really little thing so if you notice that you're being like nasty to yourself like stop like stopping it in its tracks and like trying again but also yeah <laughs> you can get in a vicious cycle because I'm gonna be because I'll be like oh I'm not I'm being mean to myself and then I, I'm hard on myself for it I think you have to have like, yeah I think you, in your head you have to have like a comforting like mother tone to be like hey like mm. don't say that like that's okay that you did like valid but you know and I think that's how you have to like speak to yourself really because I agree at the end of the day it's just we're we're, we all we really need to be doing is like comforting our inner child because that's what's doing it yeah Um, no that's so true so that and then um what else what would you what would you put on your list I'll probably think of more as as you talk I think the first thing and this is one for you actually to really keep in mind oh go on um (laughs) is that no human being is an island Mm-hmm. it's okay to reach out to people and it's okay mm-hmm. to have the people in your corner that just get where you're coming from and knowing 100%. who those people are and that can be really difficult and you learn through life that you know there are people that aren't those people and that sucks but when you find people that you know it can just be a matter of 
I'll pick up the, I mean, this is me to you right now. If you need just to talk to someone, I'll pick up the phone and I'll just chat shit for hours if that's Bless what you. you need and you just need to not think about stuff. You know, knowing the people that are there who love you and want to help you and are like, are in your corner because we all have them. And sometimes, mm. I mean, I feel this way so often. I feel like, oh God, no <laughs> one's interested in my shit. No one wants to talk about my crap. No one's bothered. No one cares. And that's like my biggest thing is that I feel like, I'm just going to be a burden to people, but the people that truly love you, they want to be burdened with you sometimes because Aww. they love you. They're there for you. Yeah. Do you know what? And... That that reminds me, I think one thing I would add to my list, which seems almost counterproductive, but is to to push yourself. I think you do have to be kind to yourself, but here's an example. Yeah. As somebody who can get social anxiety, I will maybe turn down like family events but I love my family yeah and once I'm there I once I've you know seen them and I've, once you're in it, it yeah and yeah. I come out of it I feel so much better or it's like even phoning a friend you can be a bit like even even that can be can cause anxiety I think sometimes to help yourself you just have to push through a bit of anxiety because I think it will probably help when you get to the other end I think at the moment that's very like relevant for me and has been helping is to like push myself a little bit. I think as well, you can treat it in the same way that like, you know, you get, I don't know, when you acclimate like pets to like the travel carriers, it's like, you know, you start off by just having it around them and then they get used to it and then you like let them go in it and then, you know, you you slowly build yourself up. It's acclimation, I think. Oh, no, but or there's the sensation. A, something I, mm. therapy. It's like where you... Exposure therapy? Oh, yeah, that's it. Exposure therapy. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think in the sense of, like, for me, if it's... If I'm in a depressive slump and it's, like... The first thing that goes to me is reading. I just... I lose reading. The second I feel depressed, I can't read. Which is sad because I love to read. Mm. Um, But I'll be, like... Okay, so the first thing I'm going to do is I'm just going to look at my books and get inspired. I'm not going to decide to read one. I'm not going to pick one up. I'm just going to look at them and see what I've got and get excited about what I have on my shelves and almost like re-familiarize myself with my own little home library. Mm. And then the next day I might be like, okay, well, I was really excited about this book, so I'm going to read the blurb today. I'm just going to see a bit more in the author's words. What are they saying about this book? And then, you know, sometimes it'll be, I'll just take the book and I'll put it by my bedside table and it will take me a few days to then pick up the book. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's that pushing yourself, but just knowing that you don't have to push yourself so far, so fast. You can build yourself up really slowly yeah, and just be absolutely. patient with yourself. I think you do need to to do it in stages as well. I think you need time to feel sorry for yourself, mope, stay in bed. Absolutely. And then I think that's when you need to start pushing yourself a little bit, push yourself to get up, push yourself to have a shower, take it step by step. Um, You know, I think one thing that I find probably the hardest push is to like do exercise. But I do know that once I do it, I feel a lot better, but it's really, really hard to do it. So I think you do. I think in the end, I think be kind to yourself. Like if you don't do something that it's not going to help, you know, like, making yourself feel bad about it but just you have to just do as much as you can to help yourself you have to show up for yourself that's that's it really isn't it absolutely I mean 
you know what's really sad there was a time when i was so like depressed and just really really i'd say instead of being depressed i was just really sad because to me depression and sadness feel quite distinct mm-hmm. um it was actually after my last breakup and that best thing that ever happened to me like anyone who knows me knows i will talk to the cars come home about how glad i am to be away from that man like fuck you wherever you are if you listen you probably not because you were not a feminist <laughs> um but i was so sad that i couldn't even listen to like shakira's music for like two weeks because i didn't oh my feel God, like i deserved no. it I, to- I totally relate i have grown up loving john legend's music and i i went through a phase where i couldn't listen to him anymore and it was like a- so bizarre i think it's because it made me feel too much yeah, I think it was that. And I also think I was just being so cruel to myself. It's like, you don't deserve this. Yeah, like, like you not worthy. Who do you think enough. you are? Yeah, literally, which, like, mm. I will always be worthy of hips, don't I? Um, <laughs> Absolutely. I think sometimes it's listening to yourself as well. And I had a bit of an aha moment. I was like, oh my God, I've literally sat here and not listened to like the stuff that I love the most. Like, for like two weeks I was like the fuck have I been doing mm. and I didn't like say that in like a oh you're a stupid bitch like beat myself up sort of way but I was like okay this happened but girl this is not happening no more like we gotta snap mm. out of this now and I just listened to myself I actually truly listened to my inner dialogue for a minute and I was mm. just like mm, being your own best friend don't for love a that. Mm. exactly that period 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 mm. you've got to be your own bestie people you have to but you just have believe to. Because you can never be sure what's going to happen, but you you can be sure that you will always have your own back. Yeah. Exactly. I know for a fact I'm a great friend to people. I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. Oh, yeah. I hype up my girls all the time. I have friends that have literally saved screenshots of texts I've sent them to motivate them. And like when they've been at the shit points and like they look back on it to lift them up as like again. I know I'm a good friend. I'm everyone's biggest hype woman. I'm not afraid of that. I like. I'll say all kinds of shit about myself, but I am a real bitch. I will, I will literally. If you've got beef, I'll step right into your fight and clear that shit up straight away. Like I, <laughs> that's the kind of girl that I am. But I have really started to in the past sort of two years now. I would say, um, eighteen months, probably yeah, eight about eight last eighteen months. I really just decided to start being my own best friend and be like, yeah, nah, like advocate for yourself, hype I yourself up, like. Because it's so true, because I have a lot of people in my life that love me. I am very lucky. I am surrounded by love all the time, which is mm. just lovely. It's wonderful. I've got so many really good friends. My family are amazing. Yeah, me too. So I'm not I'm not shy of people hyping me up, but I live by myself. I ain't always got someone there to be like, wow, Adam, that dish was really yummy. Like, well done you. Or like, you know what? You look fit as fuck today. Go off, queen. Because sometimes you just don't have that person there to say that other than yourself. Mm. So be your own And sometimes hype woman. you don't. Sometimes, do you know what? And if in those right. moments you're unable to be your own hype woman, literally FaceTime me. <laughs> we'll like cook dinner Period. together. Same for me. Okay. Oh, I, I love that so much when people do that. Like I do that with my sister all the time. We actually cooked together last night. Oh, that's so cute. I love it. Um... Yeah, the wonders of technology, bringing people together and pushing people further apart. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real though, it's like it is something because like my like my very very best friend lives in Idaho. Um, we met. She literally lived with me for 
three months. She came back and did like a whole year in the UK, but we kept in contact and we've been friends for like eight years now, I want to say. Cherish? Like, Cherish, yeah. Shout out to Cherish, my Idaho queen, (laughs) queen of the potatoes. I'm going to see her later this year. I'm very excited for that. Mm. But um, most of our friendship, we have lived on different continents and we are as close as ever. And that is thanks to technology. And you know what? When I need to just be weird with someone, it's always cherished because me and that girl trust and believe we are a weapon. We're weapons together. It's like not I even, love it. It's it's on another level. I love it. I think on that note, definitely one thing I put on my list then is just being around the people you love. You can be yourself with. Yeah, I'm very, very, very fortunate to have that at home with Felix. Like I, I feel like I don't need anybody else most of the time. But that's why sometimes I need to push myself because sometimes I do. I need family. Anyway, yeah. <clears throat> moving on, I think to sort of like round it all off, should we read that very lonely Reddit post that I found? Yes, I love I found, this. I found a very lonely Reddit post because I was, as I said, when I searched like mental health for activists and stuff like that, um, not much comes up really um, so this was a very very lonely post it had like one reply and like a couple likes like it's but it definitely is relatable and they said I'm so fucking tired of being an activist I want to let people be stupid and uneducated and disrespectful without having to step in I'm tired of almost everyone in my life making fun of me and telling me I'm seeing problems when there aren't any I'm tired of this feeling that I have every time I see someone being a little uneducated or disrespectful, that feeling that makes me want to write fucking novels or comments and DMs. Sometimes I want to give up on it all and live the life of someone I'm not. And I think even though it's very lonely, (laughs) a little clumsily written, there are so many parts of that that I totally relate to, like giving up and living the life of someone you're not and I think that's so key because it's not them like it's not ours to to not be that way and also it's very tiring feeling like you have to speak up on things and people not liking what you have to say the whole thing is very like yeah and then also getting agitated at people and wanting to like you know comment and yeah and just feeling like you you see something and you you know better so you want to say better things Mm. it reminds me of actually when I when I sort of come to the end of a a sort of a period of therapy sessions um over the course I just have like like about four or five months and then my my last like my penultimate session my therapist was just like we were just talking about this and I was just talking about this the the strain it feels like to care about so much and to know that there's so many things that are just wrong with the world mm. and I just I didn't like cry but I basically broke down and was like god it just feels exhausting to be in my head sometimes mm. yes because oh my god. relate so much to in, that. because I'll watch tv and I'll see you know colonialist sentiment in things and think about all of the people that does not along with it and not realize what's going on mm. and it's not from a position of I feel like I'm smarter than people around me because I don't if anything I feel like I'm a fucking idiot most of the time even mm. though I know or like logically that I'm not I know that I'm not stupid I feel like I'm stupid a lot of the time but it's just it's exhausting to curse so much and to feel like you know better I want to do better and see so much injustice and so much wrong with the world 
it is exhausting and you know it's just exhausting being anyone that is a woman or queer or you know anything other than a straight white man white to be man, honest because yeah. the amount of bullshit we have to put that up we with. deal with on a daily basis it is exhausting being me and I'm sure it's exhausting being you too I know putting up with it all and then having to like retaliate through activism and fight for rights is fucking tough isn't it like it's tiring yeah I think the thing as well that we've not actually touched on a lot as well is how it feels a lot of the time like as hard as we try we just aren't getting anywhere yeah yeah it's so true it feels like like you know when you see the Andrew Tates of the world come up but you just feel like Mm. what and and all of his supporters you just what's it all been for what's it all been for what am I doing is it ever gonna help but I think it's when in those moments you need to take a step back and look at the progress yeah. we've, we've made over like a century or like you know over decades and then you see that it, even though it takes time it does it definitely does what you're doing yeah it counts i think that's the main thing for me is that sometimes i just get so overwhelmed by just all the fucking shit that happens in the world and mm. All the people that want to criminalise identities and just, mm-hmm. you know, turn a blind eye to so much hatred in the world. Because the world is, I believe that inherently the world is full of love, but I also think that it's equally full of hate. Hate, and that's, yeah. I think there's a I fine line between the, the two, actually, though. There's definitely, yeah. is. I think love and I think breeds, that, breeds hate, and I think hate can yeah, breed and love. Yeah, I think that so. that... I think that line is a lot of the time as well as an obsession. I think that obsession is sometimes the line between love and hate. Mm. Um, because I think that a lot of people who are on the opposite side of the fence to us are so fixated on us and what we do. And mm. honestly, vice versa to a degree. Um, that line between love and hate it is an obsession. It's a fixation on trying to right wrongs or what is perceived as wrongs in the case yeah. of the right wing. Um, but this feels like a bit of a sad note to leave it on, but don't worry. I have I, I have a light just... note afterwards. Okay, perfect. Love that. Um, I think the thing for me is is that I feel like I look at the world around me and I just think, you know, when all the stuff came out about the Met Police recently, mm-hmm. the Casey review. You see stuff like yeah, you see stuff like that, and you think, Jesus Ooh. Christ, like sorry, Siri, fucking hell, Siri. <laughs> Pick your fucking moment, Siri. Jesus. (laughs) Honestly, I didn't hear what you just said. So sorry. The Casey Uh, review. I was, yeah. Just scenes of that, and you think, Jesus Christ, we live in a country where the people that are supposed to protect us are literally the ones that are like harboring so much hate towards us. And you just think, is it ever going to get better? You know, is it, is this just our lot? Is this just what we have to deal with? You know, Mm. I just think, um, my, I mean, I don't have kids or grandkids, but like uh, the generation that would be my grandkids, are they going to look back on us and just think that we were, you know, so unenlightened because of all the stuff that was going on? And then all the sort of the things that we advocate for and talk about and want to do and change, I just sort of think, is it all going to be for naught in 10 years time, 20 years time? Mm. But progress is not a straight line. It's waves, it's peaks, it's valleys, it's... Mm, it's yes i think someone described it once as um progress is like taking a hike from the north pole to the south pole and have to cross <laughs> every single natural barrier in between and i agree with that so that's, so, that's true. so true that's so true well on that note i think 
we'll we'll sort of finish it. But one thing that we always forget to do is an article spotlight. And as it's um, oh, mental, yay. <laughs> mental Health Awareness Week, um, we have literally the perfect article written by um, one of our writers, Katie Daly. Um, and it's called, you, what's it called? Um, I don't have to smash the patriarchy to be a feminist. And basically in that, she's talking about how, you know, social media can be very toxic um, as an activist, oh, as a feminist, you know, because you see these amazing women doing all of these amazing things and you feel quite inadequate ad- and you've got the imposter syndrome. And it's basically about how, you know, just like what we were saying in this podcast, you you don't have to be an activist to be a feminist, um, which I think is a really feel good read when you're struggling. So I think this mental yeah. health week definitely take time to actually be nice to yourself and like be your best friend and and look after yourself I think otherwise you won't (laughs) so literally homework yeah (laughs) use this week to actually (laughs) actually do something about it like be nice to yourself um I couldn't agree more and take care I think yeah I think to give my own little Mm send-off when it comes to matters of mental health I think that people often assume that mental health has to be like a big event and it has to be that something's happened or you've reached rock bottom but sometimes there isn't a rock bottom this sounds awful but sometimes you just truck through a dark period of time and it's okay to just not have a reason to not be okay I think that's something that I feel guilty about a lot is not having a specific reason for my mental health that's like Mm. a trigger to it it's okay just to be in your feelings and do what you need to do to get through and then rise above when you're ready. 100%. I, I Sorry, I know this is supposed to be like a closing note, but something super, super relevant. Um, I saw like it was a celebrity. I don't know if it was Emma Watson or someone else. Why do I feel like it was Emma Watson? I'm not sure. But they said if somebody, some like other, definitely wasn't Emma Watson actually, some other like God or the universe or whatever, um in your like transition to being placed into the body of a human and like doing life if they you know if god or the universe said do you want to be a human for this tiny blip of time and experience all of the emotions happiness euphoria heartbreak sadness i'd be like 100% like sign me up so i think just the fact that we have the capacity to feel even if it's you know a really horrible feeling I think it's quite amazing that we are even able to feel that so I think you know that's such a powerful note to like leave us off on because emotion is the universe experiencing itself and it's beautiful yeah that was stolen but thank you (laughs) Um, all right the universe experience itself was stolen from Britney Brosky so (laughs) okay so now we both still think um all right thank you so much for listening guys as always if you have anything that you want to say to us then like don't hesitate to get in touch we love hearing from you um you can find us um anywhere you get your podcasts next time you want to listen um and we are also the new feminist.co.uk and we are on instagram at the new feminist magazine and all other socials are at tnf magazine and that's it <laughs> I'm done. bye guys love y'all bye